Hi friends, welcome back to Healing the Broken Marriage. We are your host. I'm Brian. And I'm Alicia. And we're, we've got a different uh, setup today since I'm kind of leading it today. Yeah. And Alicia's answering questions most of the time. It's Uh-oh. Like, what? <laughs> so I'm in the hot seat today. Yes. Most of the time it's the opposite way. Right. So we're just going to uh, kind of dive right into it. So and what are you do? What are you asking? Um, well, you'll find out. <laughs> no, it's it's similar to the questions you asked me um, in the previous episode. I think was the previous. Yeah, in the previous episode. So basically, I'm just turning around and asking you kind of the same thing, so the people listening can get a better idea of how each one of us was raised and which, what we've been through. Mm-hmm. So, um. We're just going to get right into it. Okay. So I know when we met, you know, we was, we were young and we had a lot of things in common. Well, kind of, sort of, kind of not, I guess on the spiritual side of things, we were both raised in church. So, you know, we definitely had that in common and we knew our backgrounds with each other on that. But, you know, going deeper, we really didn't know how each one of us raised or you know what we had childhood experiences and childhood uh, things we had been through in childhood so that being said i guess my first question is how did you grow up how did i grow up um well i grew up in a pretty um i would say i wouldn't say religious home but religion and um, all of that stuff was pretty high on the um, list of importance for our family. We were basically in church every day. The doors opened every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, and then monthly revival. And then plus my parents were youth pastors. And then our monthly every Friday night revival. And so, and my dad was youth pastor. So I I was pretty, pretty involved and pretty enmeshed in the church world, um, really from the time I can remember. And so I was very churched, (laughs) if we put it that way. I remember playing, bringing my Barbies to church, playing under the pews. That was only for Sunday nights, though. You couldn't do that on Sunday mornings. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like I have... I know I'm kind of joking about it a little bit because I did have to unlearn a lot of things that I, I learned because I feel like there was just a lot of religion and structure put in place there, which is not bad. It did set a foundation for me. But as far as like relationship with God, I really had to develop that on my own. And there wasn't a lot of um, teaching that God, you know, that you could hear from God. And so that was very foreign to me. And I, I basically had to learn that also, um, when I became an adult too. So I say all that to say, I feel like my childhood was fairly good and I feel like it set a good foundation for me that I could build on as an adult. So that's my answer to how I was brought up. (laughs) I see. Um, you didn't really hit, hit on like as far as cooking and stuff. How was that when you were in it? No, I didn't know we had to go that um, So that being said, all those things as far as your background, as far as being in church and 
Because sometimes, I mean, we see it a lot. I mean, I've known so many people that I grew up with in church that when they got old enough, they were just like, I mean, they hit the door running like they were out of there and they didn't want nothing to do with church. And it's sad because a very small percentage have come back around to coming, you know, back into the church world. Um, some are continuing to, you know, just even here recently, we know of one, but a lot of them do not and have not yet. And, you know, we believe, and I'm sure their parents are believing that they'll still come back. But I guess that being said, with you being in the church that much as a kid, how did that affect you, I guess, when you become an adult and even now still today? Because I think obviously your story's a little different. I mean, we kind of got away from church when we first got married as well a little bit, but you know, it's kind of, we're in a different setting and a different season now. So just kind of explain what, you know, growing up as a, as a, as a child in church, when you became an adult, how it affected you, what were your views on that? And then today, present day, how is that affecting you? Um, I would say that, I think that once me and you kind of got married and we, you know, had our independence, I was kind of sick of church at that point because, you know, and I'm not saying what the way I was brought up was bad at all. I just had been so churched that I had, I was just becoming jaded to the whole thing. You know, I would see people fall out in church and, you know, the modesty blankets be coming out and it just, it, it, I was kind of numb to it. And I know it's kind of crazy to hear because when you first started coming with me, you were like, oh my gosh, you know, this is all new. And I was just like, this happens every Sunday. (laughs) It was so yeah, it's like a good, it was like a good purpose the first few times I went. Yeah. So very exciting. But for me, I went to the circus every week. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can only, you can only see the elephants so much and be, you know, be awed and amazed by them. But, but anyways, I kind of feel like that. And, and I'm not, you know, joking about it or anything like that. Cause I, it set a foundation for me. Um, like whenever we stepped out and got away from church, I came right back to what I knew. But when I came back, I, and what I mean by come back is when we got married, we kind of just were like, we're done. (laughs) You know, we don't have to go to church. Nobody can make us. Um, even though, you know, my dad was a pastor, so we still did have to check, you know, punch our Sunday card so that he wouldn't give us a call. But we made sure to miss as much as we possibly could right. without getting that phone call. Right. You know, you can only be sick so many times in a year. Right. <laughs> so many times in a year. But we, we did our best to try to, um, I think, just kind of pull back. Like I, I was wanting my independence, and I didn't want to be told, you know, you got to go to church. I didn't want to do nursery anymore. I didn't want to do class anymore. I didn't. I just didn't want to do that anymore. I just wanted some liberation. And what I didn't realize is the reason I wanted this liberation is because my relationship was got with God was through my parents. You know, my knowing of God and everything that I knew about him was basically, I was living vicariously 
my relationship with God was vicariously through my parents, which mean I had no relationship with God. They did. <laughs> so here I am, you know, 18 years old, getting married. I really didn't have a relationship with God. I had gotten saved when I was seven years old. And, you know, the, the whole once saved, always saved, you know, doesn't apply mm-hmm. because I clearly was walking away from God. Like we've said, you know, in previous podcasts, he never walks away from you, but we can fully as, you know, our own will turn our feet and walk away from right. him. He'll never leave you. Never will. And he never did leave us. But I feel like um, my my upbringing and just kind of like how the the everything was just kind of, and I don't want to use the term forced <laughs> down my throat, even right. though I did see it. <laughs> right. It felt like that. It felt like just a lot was just, you're going to go to church and mm. you're going to stand up straight and you're not going to act up. And it just felt like a lot of rules. And I, it, it was very, it just turned me off. Right. And I saw marriage as kind of an opportunity to liberate myself for a little bit and not have those rules on me anymore, which honestly, when you get out into the world, and you walk away from what you've always known, you usually, not always, but usually you'll tend to, when you get out there in deep water, you usually try to tread back to where you came. Yes, it's a safe place. It's a safe place. You might not like it, but it's it's safe. And so I feel like that, I feel like my upbringing, it did, um, it, it opened my eyes basically to a relationship with God that I didn't really want. And it wasn't anything on my family side. It was just that the relationship I had with God, you know, when I was younger, I didn't like that. And I didn't want that. It was very robotic. It was very mechanical. It just, it was not organic at all. It was just, it it, it was what it was. <laughs> it was, he felt like a God that was very far away he was very distant. Jesus was coming back any day now, so you better make sure you repent for everything you've ever done and don't miss anything. <laughs> That's kind of like how I felt. I was afraid. Yeah. I felt like right. I was afraid of God. And, you know, living holy was almost unattainable because what if I forgot something? What if right. I forgot to repent for something? And so I feel like my my you know, in adulthood, I just had to figure out who God was for myself. And once I found out that, wow, he's really not like that, you know, this like rules and regulations and God that's far away and off in the distance, that was not right. He actually is a God who comes very, very, very close. And once I, once I realized that through my own relationship with him, not through relationship through my parents, that's where I began to really realize who God is to me. Yeah, you mentioned uh, at one point, it's like, you know, you get on your own and kind of, you kind of marriage gave you a ticket to kind of step away for a little bit. But you say, you know, it's like there was this point in time where you kind of get out in deep waters and you kind of tread back to shore or back to what you, you know, what you believe, what the beliefs were instilled in you as a kid as far as being in a church. So it's funny you said that because the next question is, you know, just discussing what all we walk through in our marriage on 
And that being said, you being on the receiving end, how did you get through those times? Okay. So, so if you're a new listener and you've not heard our marriage story, I would suggest that you go back and listen to some of our previous marriage stories so that you'll kind of, you'll understand what Brian's talking about. But um, walking through what we've walked through in our marriage and just, you know, the, all of the abandonment and fidelities and, and all of those things, I feel like for me that if I had not gone back to my foundation, which was God, I would still be a mess today. I honestly don't know how anyone gets through a shattered heart without God. I really don't. And um, when I say when I say that, I mean that with all honesty because there were so many times when He was the glue that kept me together. And even though I felt like my heart was in a million pieces, and it in fact was, He knew where every piece was. And I think for me, the thing that, what was your question? <laughs> the thing that got me through it? Yeah, how did you get through those times? How did I get through yeah. those times? I think a lot of um, just one thing that was very vital to me is because we've actually seen people that have gone through lots of um, or infidelity in their marriage and they don't have anyone to walk beside them. They keep it a secret and they tell no one mm -hmm. and they just suffer in silence. And 20, 30 years down the road, when they tell one person, they are breaking up and tearing and crying, which tells me they're not even healed right. from that thing. And so I think that for me, it was definitely having community around me to help me, you know, because I was a single mom. I was facing being a single mom. I was facing have to financially provide for me and three kids mm -hmm. and also emotionally support me and three kids. And it was a lot. And so I had to have support from my family. I, I got support through counseling, which was very, very important to me. And also I had support through my church. So there was multiple avenues of support that I had to go through. And this was really when we were in the thick of it, while things were still going on. And I was just trying to survive, you know. Now on the other side of it, you know, once we reconciled, I've also had to continue that work of inner healing because even though me and my husband are reconciled and we're working on our relationship and we are getting counseling together also individually as we are taking these steps to reconcile and to heal, um, we're also having to just uh, rely on outside support, you know, support from family, support from friends. But we're also at the same time growing our relationship with God because we just said, I think it was just today or the other day, that God did something truly miraculous in our marriage by one, bringing us both back together. That was miraculous because we didn't even know how that was going to happen. And two, by stopping 
are suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. I mean, he miraculously intervened in our lives to place us both back together, which was insane. So I guess next question is, is why did you hang on? Did you hear from God or was it just hope or? I hung on because I, I would say at the very beginning, I would say at the very first couple infidelities, I hung on because I had hope that our family could be saved. And I didn't hear from God at those times. I just, I had hope that maybe our family could be saved and maybe we could, you know, not wind up a divorce statistic. Mm -hmm. Now, after the fourth one, um, I heard from God directly right. and he asked me, would you give him one more chance? And I, I didn't want to at first, you know, because I had already filed for divorce. And so I was like, okay, taking him back after I filed for divorce seems kind of crazy, you know, but when he asked me that there was, I was curious because I had never heard him ask me to take you back before, you know, the, the prior three, you know, the prior three infidelities before that, I was just kind of like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what to do, but the fourth one I heard from him directly and I knew it was him because I had been training myself at that point to hear from God. I was training myself right. because I wanted to know, you know, he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And who, what, who better to ask about your future than somebody who's already seen it, right. who's already been there. So him asking me to take you back, I knew that I, there was something in it. And I thought, well, if he does it again, you know, my whole thing was, is I literally gave God just a small amount of faith. And I was like, okay, you know, if he does, if he cheats on me again, I already know what that feels like. So what's one more going to do? And basically that, that is why, because he asked me to. Yeah. I know you've shared that before in the past with me that, you know, you heard that from God. So, I mean, that's when God speaks to you, you need to listen, even if it's something, I know it's tough. Like that's not the answer you probably wanted. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot of times we get answers from God that we don't want. Well, you know, a lot of people, honestly, I've had several, several women ask me when they're in a situation with their husband, who's been unfaithful, what am I supposed to do? They, they will want me to answer that question for them, whether they're supposed to hang on or whether they're supposed to part ways. Right. And honestly, yeah. there's no like, follow me and this is your result because right. every situation is different and God will speak to everyone about your individual situation differently. Right. And that's, I always encourage people, right? if you want to know what you're supposed to do, don't ask me, ask God because he'll tell you what to do. Right. Yes. I know you, you've, you've said that multiple times. I know it's like, it's hard to give somebody an answer. And well, yeah, it's hard to give my an answer. We can guide them, but it's almost impossible to give them the answer because they're always looking for an answer. That's something they have to find, you know, in God with just seeking him and spending time with him and praying. 
So last question would be, how would you describe your healing journey through all this? I mean, what steps did you have to take? And I know you're still, we're both still in the process of healing, you know, for those that are listening, we're like not completely through it. I mean, it's just when you go through so much stuff, you know, there's always there's layers. Yeah. There's always things that will come up here and there that you have to deal with. And, you know, it's just, just, just even life in general, you just want to have a lot of times there's things that just come up in your life that you don't expect. And we have to deal with them and, and seek God and his guidance and help and, and get through them. And it's just like with, with this, you know, there's so many things that can come up and come to the surface and, you know, it's, it's a journey. It is. And, you know, sometimes the journey is longer than we want it to be, but it's part of the healing process. So what do you say is like, as far as what, what you've been through in your journey in the healing process? Well, I see healing like an onion. There's layers. So it's never just, I mean, I, I, I've heard of people that have been healed miraculously in a moment, but more so than not, I would say the larger population that doesn't typically happen. Usually when you're on a healing journey of any sort, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever, it's a process like an onion. There's layers to it. There's depths to it. And to get to the next layer, you have to peel off one. And you really like, you can't get to the core without going through the layers. Right. And there's no quick process. There's no, you know, like in, in college, a lot of times there's expedited uh, degrees where you can get them quicker. If you right. do, there, there's none of that. It's, and, and I actually think a lot of times when we try to rush the process, mm -hmm. it actually slows us down and takes longer because you try to rush something that needed more time and needed more attention put into it. And so I think for me, I had to just open myself up to going there right. to those hard places right. and it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's definitely um, not something I enjoy, Right. right. <laughs> but I now know how extremely important it is. And I was even just talking to someone today about the process of going through healing and how God is in that, mm -hmm. that there, there is purpose in healing pain. There is purpose in that. Right. When you're healing, say if you've just had a surgery and the process of healing from the surgery hurts, but there's a purpose in that. Right. Because the purpose is you're healing. The doctor had to do surgery on something that was infected or whatever. Mm -hmm. Take that out and it still hurts. Right. But now there's healing in that pain. There's right. a purpose in that. It's taking you somewhere. And I feel like for me, you know, going through a lot of counseling, I've done inner healing. I've gone through some deliverance. Doing those things, adding those things together was really beneficial to me to get to that place of healing. And I think I've mentioned multiple times, I'm still on this journey. I'm still there. I'm not where I was. I'm much further, <laughs> further down the road than I first began. Right. But I'm no longer afraid to look at a hard thing. 
because I know I can do hard things. I've done much harder things in the past. And so looking at a past that didn't kill me, it ain't going to kill me to look at it. You know, it might be uncomfortable. It might bring up some emotions that I don't really want to feel, but there's purpose in that. And I love how in healing, God is in that too. He's in that process with you. When he, when he takes you through healing, it's like, he's right there beside you. And you know how, like, I was just kind of talking to somebody about this today. When you're going through like a really, really rough time and you have like a ride or die friend that comes along beside you and is like, I'm going to do this with you. And that girl walks with you or guy. If you're a guy, you need to be teamed up with a guy. Girl, you need to be up with a girl. But for me, you got that girl that comes along beside you and she's like, I am here for you. We're going to do this together. You're not going to be alone. You build a bond with that person right. that is so deep because they've saw you in your worst and they've mm-hmm. saw you in their best and they still are there. Right. That's what happens when you go on healing journey with God as he comes close mm-hmm. and you start to build a relationship with him that is tight because God is a ride or die at that point. He's right, right there with you in the, right. in the um, ditch He's right there with you as you're screaming and crying and wanting to pull your hair out. He's right there with you on your good days and he's there with you on your bad days. And so I actually love that. Trust me, I I wish that God would have just healed me of everything and it would have been gone a second. But the fact that he chose, I'm going to get down in that mud with you. Mm -hmm. You know how you got, when you have kids and you got a sandbox and your kid is in the sandbox and they are just like, or even like a mud box. Whatever. Yeah. They're down in there, getting all every, dirty. Every, yeah. And then you got two parents, one sitting on the chair watching. And then you got the other one that's down in there. Right. Like, pulling those cars, going down these little fake roads, this little kid's made. Which one does the kid remember? The one that was on the knees in the sand pit right along with them. And that's what God does. He doesn't observe you from his chair while you're healing. He gets down in your pain with you and helps you heal. Yeah. And those are, that's why I think God chooses a lot of times a healing journey versus healing instantly because he wants to get down in there. He never caused the pain to begin with. And right. I, I think people need to realize that. Right. He never caused any pain, but he will do everything he can to heal you and make you a better person and then you'll come out of it with a relationship with god that you never had before because all of a sudden you're like you he you did that for me you got down you got down in that pit with me you held me while i was crying you bandaged my wounds you stopped the bleeding and when you have a god that will do that and then you come out on the other side and you're healed and you're whole, you never forget that. And so I think that for me, that's what I've learned along the way is I love healing. I love the process of, I don't like how people have to go through hard things, but I love how God is during the healing journey. I love that because I've never experienced the kindness 
and that love in that degree that I have Mm -hmm. had I not gone through that. Right. And so I just hope maybe that that helps someone who's listening and you're in that process. Maybe you're at the beginning of it. You know, don't, don't not go there because it hurts. Don't not go there because it hurts. Because like I said before, there is purpose in pain when God's healing. It's going to hurt, but there's purpose in it. And so I hope that this has helped somebody out there. I hope that you've heard something and you're able to apply it to your life right now. Or maybe you're here this in the future. And you know, it's for a later time. I don't know. Only God knows that he's outside of time. So I trust that anything we talk about, he can use at any point in history. That's right. So we just want to thank you guys just so much for tuning in. Please check out our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. And until next time, we bless bless you. you.